Just one week ago, our Savior entered Jerusalem to shouts of Hosanna in the highest. The promised King rode with confident humility, and the crowds listened intently to his message of hope and love. He challenged tradition, confronted hypocrisy, and unveiled corruption, all while teaching, performing miracles, and healing the broken. For a brief moment, there was hope. But he wasn't welcomed by all. Behind the scenes, a disciple turned traitor sold out our king. And with a kiss, his fate was sealed. The atmosphere shifted. The crowds that praised him on Sunday now nailed him to a cross. And yet with unimaginable love, he prayed to his father. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. On Friday, it was finished. He breathed his last, and the tomb was sealed with a stone. The crowds went home. The disciples hid. The King of Kings was gone. But Sunday breaks through the dark and shatters the silence like a roaring lion. Hallelujah, he set us free. The cross was the end of a chapter, not the story. And on Sunday, his story becomes yours. He stepped out of the tomb. He calls you to step out of the crowd. Step out of your guilt. Step out of your shame. Step out of conformity and tradition. Step out of the grave. Death is a memory. And victory belongs to our God, Jesus Christ, our living hope. Would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, we thank you that today we join people all over the world celebrating the fact that after three days you left the grave. And God, that gives us hope, that gives us life. And God, we know today even the rocks would cry out because Father, your son is alive. Father, we thank you. This feels like a coming out party for the church. That Father, we are back, that we are meeting, we are serving, we are loving, we are worshiping. And so, Father, today, speak to our hearts, open up our minds, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, and you may be seated. Man, you look amazing. You look amazing. All of our campuses, even over in Jones County, our first ever 830 service in Jones County, down all the way down to the coast. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Can I just tell you, it feels so good to be back. Now, I've I, I just been jumping up and down. I'm trying to pace myself because, you know, I have to do this about five or six times. But, but I'm so excited about seeing people that I've not seen in a year. And uh, last year, I don't know if you remember last year, uh, trying to forget last year. Last year, I preached to an empty room. And I remember thinking, this is, this is the end of the world. I mean, I, I remember thinking, this is, this is, there's something wrong. And then today, we joined 3 billion people all over the world who can come together in a safe and secure environment and worship the Lord. Many people who are still worshiping online, and that's okay. Uh, 200 million people in America that are celebrating Easter today. And so one of the things I want to challenge you is to move, and Craig talked about this last week, is to move from the crowd into being a committed disciple. Now, now you, heard, you heard Craig last week. Maybe if you didn't go back and listen to it on, on Palm Sunday, the crowd. Some people believe there's up to a million people in Jerusalem. 
And they were screaming out to Jesus. They were throwing their cloaks down for him to ride over them. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were waving palm branches, and they were like, Hosanna, make him our king, make him our king. And on Friday, they were saying, crucify him. Crucify, rid the earth of him. Give us Barabbas, give us a murderer. And so today, I'm going to challenge you. If you're in the crowd, we love the crowds. But man, move from the crowd into being a committed disciple. Do you know how, this little trivia question for Easter, Easter trivia. Uh, do you know how many people on Good Friday, the day Jesus was crucified, placed their faith in Jesus? Do you know how many people did that? Three. Only three. I mean, there, there might have been up to a million people in Jerusalem, maybe 700,000, 600,000, let's say 500,000. Three people came out of the crowd and said, I want to commit my life to this man. One was the thief on the cross. You remember that? He was talking to Jesus, said, hey, remember me when you come into paradise? And Jesus says, today you're going to be with me in paradise, and that may be you. You're saying, hey, hey, I don't have a lot of belief, but I want to be with Jesus. The other one was a centurion, maybe the man who, who, who poked the, 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 the sword or the spear into the side of Jesus, and, and he watched Jesus die, and he said, surely this was the Son of God. But the third one is the guy I want to talk about, and, and I love this guy. His name is Simon. Simon of Serene, and he was an African. If you're of African descent, man, you can celebrate this guy. This guy is coming all the way from North Africa, 900 miles, bringing his family to church. Can you imagine? You know, I mean, I've had some family trips with my kids when they were little, and we just go like, you know, a few hours, and, and they'd be like, he's touching me. He's looking at me. She's copying me. Can you imagine 900 miles and he's saved for months and months and months and the fifth station of the cross if you're Catholic. I've prayed through the stations of the cross. I've been to a monastery and prayed. Uh, I took a vow of silence. Boy, you should have been there for that. It was so rough by the second day I went to confession. I had to talk to somebody. I said, I've got some sin. I need to talk. But here he is, he's coming into Jerusalem, and, and I love this guy because he comes into Jerusalem after traveling all this way, and he's got all of these plans, and, and he saved up all of this money, and he's interrupted. He's interrupted by a guy carrying a crossbeam. And he walks in like he's walking up on a car wreck. I mean, I mean, this really happened. I mean, we know this happened because even Wall Street closes on Good Friday. Those people don't close for nothing. And he walks in and he sees this guy. He, he's in a bloody mess. This really happened, man. Man, this is in the Bible. This guy's walking up and he sees it. And his whole life, his whole plans, his, all of his dreams have been interrupted by this one guy carrying a crossbeam. And that's where his life began to change. And maybe you feel like you've been interrupted by something. I mean, you had these plans, you had these dreams. I mean, you were rolling along and everything was great, and then, then you had the, the, the interruption of all interruptions. You had COVID. <laughs> Man, it affected your job. It affected your marriage. It affected your kids. It affected school. I mean, a lot of your kids have been Zooming. 
They've been zooming, okay, right? Like they're looking at it. They got their little, their initials up there. They ain't even there. They're outside playing. And so maybe you've had an interruption, but I want to tell you, God can use an interruption to change your life. Mark chapter 15, open your Bibles there. And beginning with verse 21, and you're going to hear about Simon and Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so listen to this. A certain man from Cyrene, North Africa. Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, he was passing by on his way from the country. He was, he, he was, he was on the road to Easter, okay? And they conscripted him and forced him to carry the cross. And they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it. And they crucified him. They divided up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. And it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. And the written notice of the charge against him read, he's the king of the Jews. And they crucified two rebels with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by, they hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, oh, so, so you're going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Come on down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they mocked him among themselves. They said, he saved others. He can't save himself. I mean, let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross, and we will see and believe. And those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. I tell you, I read that, and I think about Simon walking into that, and him going, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I just wanted to go to the temple. I didn't ask for all of this. I mean, this is not on my agenda. This is not my plan. Well, let me tell you three things about interruptions that I think will help you because you're going to life is going to be, if it's not already being interrupted, it will be. Interruptions are invitations to change. When something comes into your life that you don't plan and you don't want, and, and like, I can't believe this is happening, you're being invited to change the course of your life. Now, let me just ask you, and I asked this last night, and we had an amazing group of people last night. How many of you, you just love change? Would you raise your hand and say, I just love change. I, I wish we could change something every day. Anybody? Is there anybody? One person? Yeah, any, what, there's one okay, one. One, two, we doubled last night. We had one last night that said, I love change. One, love change. He's a biker. He sits right here, and um, man, that dude lo does love change, let me tell you. <clears throat> but most people don't like change. In fact, most people don't even know they need to change. I mean, most of you, like, I know where you're going to be because I know where you sit. Like when you were coming before COVID, like you'd go, it's like cattle. People are like cattle, not you, but people in other churches. And, and, and you'll, you'll walk and you'll go, you'll do this, you drive the same way to work, you, drive, you sit in the same chair, you watch the same shows, and you don't even know you need to change. And all of a sudden, an interruption happens, and you realize, hey, I can't keep going in that direction. I've got to change directions. And that was Simon. This interruption came into his life so he could go from religion to a relationship. I mean, he was going to the temple. He was doing his religious duties, and all of a sudden, he met Jesus. Listen, God is inviting you to change. If you have an interruption in your life, if you've got things, maybe, maybe you're divorced. 
Maybe your kids are struggling. Maybe it's debt. You've got an opportunity to change. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I'm from Alabama, and I get a lot of Alabama jokes. I don't know why that comes from Mississippi. But one guy told me, he said, you know, the marriages are way down in Alabama. I said, no, why? He said, well, because they canceled all the family reunions. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. <clears throat> but in Enterprise, Alabama, at the turn of the century in the 1900s, uh, they were all planting cotton. You may know this if you know a little bit about uh, American history. My grandfather was a cotton farmer. I've picked cotton. I've seen that whole thing. I've jumped in the cotton deal, you know. <clears throat> but the turn of the century, there's a little thing called a bow weevil. It's about as big as your, my fingernail right here. And, and the thing about bow weevils is they love cotton like I love chicken. And, and they started multiplying, and they multiplied, and they multiplied. And in Enterprise, Alabama, in Coffee County, Alabama, uh, the bow weevil came in and destroyed the cotton crops to the point the people had an interruption where they had to make a change, and they went to peanuts. And, and it changed the area. It changed the community. It changed the county. Matter of fact, they found out that their soil was really better for peanuts than cotton, and they began to change. You know, people don't like change, especially in the South. And they began to plant peanuts, and there was this huge crop of peanuts, and it changed the community. It changed the county. Man, all of a sudden, they were rolling. They were getting rolled, and that now they are rolling. And it was so good, they built a statue. It's in the middle of town in Enterprise, Alabama. A woman holding up a bow weevil. That's a 50-pound bow weevil. That's a big bow weevil. And sometimes you need things to come into your life that you don't like and you don't understand so you can celebrate change. Now, you say, well, I'm ready to do that, man. I came in. I heard the music. I mean, the worship. I'm ready to do that. If you're ready to do that just, just on your phone, you can text VENTURE to 97000, and we begin, can begin a conversation with you and how you can begin to change. Interruptions are an invitation to change. But interruptions also can draw you closer to Jesus. Now, now stay with me because I know you're thinking about brunch. You're thinking about those unlimited, you know, mimosas at El Rayo. Just hang on. Because an interruption can draw you closer to Some of you know God, but you don't know Jesus. You say, well, no, I know Jesus. No, I know you know Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. And so here is Simon, and he's going all the way to the temple, and all of a sudden he sees this guy, and they're conscripting him to get close to this beam. And he's thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I don't want to touch that beam. It's got blood on it. If I touch that beam, it's got blood on it, I'll be unclean. I can't go to the temple. And then all of a sudden he gets down there and near Jesus where the beam is, and there's all this blood, and he realizes, I'm not going to go to the temple. But it was in that moment that he got so close to Jesus, he began to smell the blood. He began to smell the fluids. And he, this is so violent. This is so wrong. Hey, can I tell you sin is violent? 
I mean, you know that if you've been sinned against or if you've been in a position where you've gotten to see the darkness of sin, how, how it is so broken, it is so violent, it is so hurtful. And the Bible says you need to deal with that because that's what Jesus did for you. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve decided they're going to do their own thing. I mean, they've got it made, okay? They are rolling. They, they're, they don't have any clothes on. Uh, they don't have to work. I mean, it's, it's 68 degrees. I mean, everything's amazing. And then they eat the fruit, and then God comes in, and they're ashamed. And God does something amazing, and you can run right past this. He kills some animals. Uh-oh, call Peter. He kills some animals and he skins them and he covers Adam and Eve. Why? They need to be covered because sin demands a response. Here is Simon. He's going to the temple for the Passover. Do you know what the Passover is? I mean, the Passover celebrates the fact in the Old Testament in Exodus, the people of God were set free because of the blood of a lamb. They killed a little lamb. I, I know, and I, I hate to say that. I know a lot of kids are in here, but, but they did and they put the blood over the doorpost. And for the first time, Simon realizes he is seeing the Passover. It's in the person of Jesus Christ who gave his life for our sins. He paid the ultimate penalty. He is the perfect lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And Simon is introduced to Jesus. Listen, sometimes when you go through difficult things, uh, C.S. Lewis says pain is God's megaphone. He whispers in our pleasures. He shouts in our pain. And for the first time, it draws you close to Jesus. And you realize, hey, I, I can't do this on my own. I, I need a sacrifice for my sins. I, I need to place my trust in Jesus alone to save me. That's where you go from knowing about God to knowing Jesus personally when you say, I want to place my trust in him. And maybe you want to do that. I mean, you don't have to wait. You, I don't, at the end, I don't want you to be waiting R right now. If God is saying, hey, you need to place your trust in me. I, I, I sacrificed my son for you. You need to place your trust in him. You can't save yourself. You just text venture to 97,000. We begin that whole process of getting you in your venture where I take 45 minutes on a video and I begin to tell you what it means to follow Christ, to be a part of our church. We get you in a house church where you can be in community because you can't grow alone. You can't develop alone. You need community. You need the body of Christ. One of the things I've said to our team, I said, I'm so afraid because after COVID, when people all of a sudden, they quit going to church and they kind of got comfortable with it, they're not going to realize the enemy is sneaking up on them, trying to separate you, to get you away from other believers, to insulate you so it can destroy your marriage destroy your kids. You say, but I don't appreciate what God has done in my life. I hear this all the time. You know, if God is so loving and God is so good, why did he let this happen? It brings me to the third thing. Interruptions filter through the lens of a bloody cross and an empty grave can change your story. See, see, listen to me. Many of you are listening to me. You didn't want to come this morning. You didn't want to listen this morning and because you're so angry because an interruption came into your life and you're thinking, God doesn't love me. God's not all powerful. If he did, he wouldn't let this happen. Listen, when you look at all of your interruptions and all of your pain through a bloody cross, you can never question if Jesus loves you. 
No matter what is happening in your life, when you look at that, it shouldn't make you bitter. It should make you better. When you look at those things, you say, but you know how tragic this was. Look at Jesus. He loves you. But what I do now, I'm so hurt. I'm so desperate. Look at the empty tomb. Because he has all power to help you. It is not over no matter what you've gone through, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what the interruption is. God says, hey, through my son, I want you to know I love you. I want you to know you have power. Do not give up. And he can change your story. Can I ask you a question? Um, How did Mark know Simon's name? You ever thought about that? I mean, like, like, you know, a lot of times you read the Bible, you're like, well, yeah, okay, they all knew each other. No, 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 they didn't know each other. This is written after the fact. They're looking back. They know Simon. He's the father of Alexander and Rufus. How, How does he know that? Because that day with Jesus, Simon's story was changed. He wasn't going to the temple anymore to sacrifice a lamb. He had met the Lamb of God. He didn't just know God, he knew his son. It changed his life. It changed his story. It started with an interruption. Listen to me. This is so important, men. I especially want you to hear this. If you want to see your family change, let God change you. It's the family system. When God changes one part of the system, when you change one part of the system, the whole system gets changed. And Paul says in Romans 16, 13, he said, hey, would you greet Rufus and his mother, who's like a mother to me? I mean, when you get to the book of Acts, and they talk about men from Cyrene. Men from Cyrene, that's 900 miles away. This is after, you know, the resurrection. I think some had kind of hung out, Okay. And men from Cyrene, they went into Antioch, the third largest city in the Roman Empire. And many people came to know the Lord because of their preaching. He became a mighty evangelist. And it all started with an interruption. Listen to me. God calls us to the cross. And that's where we're changed. The the, the cross calls us. The cross chooses us. You, you may be here and you're like, well, I didn't know all that. I didn't, I didn't know that, that I needed to be saved through trusting in Jesus with regard to this bloody mess. And listen, if you know that and you've been saved, your story is different. Your walk is different. Your direction is different. So this morning, I want to ask you a question, and then I'm going to finish. What is your interruption What's happened in your life where God has said, hey, you need to stop and think. You need to stop and look up. Let let, let this sink in. I mean, God gave me this message for a reason. I I mean, of all the things I could have preached on, he said, no, it's about Simon this weekend. People need to know it starts with an interruption. If they deal with their interruption in the right way, if they kind of go into with regard to this crossbeam and they start realizing, hey, this interruption, you need to name it. This is the crossbeam, five feet long, about 120 pounds. 
And Simon was conscripted to, to pick it up. And I think he wanted to go this way. He didn't want to go this way. I think he was like, I don't want to pick that up. I, I don't want to deal with this. And the interruptions that come into your life, it is so easy to say, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to numb out. I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to run. I don't want to deal with this. And we learn from Simon that when interruptions come into your life, death, disease, hurt, fear, anxiety for me, anxiety comes during this season of the year when the seasons are changing. It comes on me, man. I feel it. Name it. And embrace it. I picture Simon doing this. And he's thinking, why do I have to do this? I mean, I'm just trying to go to the temple. I didn't, I didn't even know this guy. Look at all this blood. I, those cobble streets. About six football fields, he's carrying this thing. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to deal with my kids, my business. And you find that whatever it is, Jesus is on the other side of that. That's what I love about Jesus. He said, I never leave you. I never forsake you. Whatever it is you're going through, he's got the bloody end, bro. He's got you. He loves you. We love you. You are not alone. Do not give up. Do not quit. Because Jesus didn't quit on you. Can I just say this? This is not a part of the message, but he could have called 10,000 legions of angels. You know what I'd done? I'd have gone, come on. Boop, boop. He didn't do it. He loved you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And whatever it is in your life, that you say, hey, I didn't ask for this. Would you, through the power of the Spirit of God, embrace it? For some of you, it's embracing the fact that you need to know Jesus personally. Because he died for your sins to give you eternal life. Invite him to come in. Invite him to take over. Father in heaven, I thank you today. Father, we have heard the message of Easter so much that, Father, we have reduced it down to just a holiday. And Father, it's still a holy day where you remind us that you sent your son, you interrupted heaven to send your son to the earth. And that Father, if we cry out to you, 
you'll save us. Father, we love you, we honor you, we thank you for the fact that we can celebrate this Easter that death has been defeated and that our Savior lives. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.